Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Brandon. Do you have your homework, Mr. Baston? That's what I thought. Demerit. Isn't God awesome? You know, uh, as of course you all know, I moved this year. And of course, as you all know, when you move, things disappear or get misplaced or broken or what have you. Last year, I, who never spend any money on clothes, bought a stack of really nice sweaters. And I have been looking for them ever since it turned off cold or started getting cool. And I was thinking, okay, they're around somewhere. There's like maybe a dozen boxes at most left in my garage, surely. I'm looking through every box. I'm looking through every bag. It's been like this splinter in my brain for the last month or so where I've just been thinking, where are these sweaters? They have to be somewhere. I looked everywhere they could possibly be. This morning, um, I, uh, I had to go out to the garage to get my little sound system thing for uh, the old folks home today. And I thought, okay, I've got some time. I'm going to look through there again. And I looked in this bag of that I had looked in before in a big stack of stuff that is going to the thrift store slash dumpster slash somewhere. And they were buried under a bunch of Cynthia's clothes that she was getting rid of. Eventually, I figured out that she had sorted some of her clothes before we moved, and the clothes were the last thing to go, and I had just thrown everything in the closet in the bag. There they were. So I found my sweaters. Thank, thank you, Jesus. I kept, You know, it's funny that he cares about stuff like that, because I kept thinking, God, I know this is stupid, but they have to be somewhere. Seriously, if you could help me find my sweaters, I would really be thrilled. And so he did help me find them today, and I was really blessed. So, God, we just thank you this morning uh, for your goodness to us, how how you've blessed us and watched over us, God, that, that we have this uh, place of shelter in you, God, and the, the, that we belong to you. God, what a blessing uh, to be a part of your kingdom, to be a part of your people, God, to, to know that you, you look upon us with love and that we belong to you. God, what a blessing it is, Jesus. We just pray that you would... Minister today as only you can do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Go with me to uh, Psalm 100. Uh, 100. Yep. I remember one time Fred was preaching and he just got up and he just walked away from the pulpit and quoted this entire thing verbatim, and I thought, I want to do that. So I memorized it, but then, you know, if you memorize something, but you don't have to recall it over and over again, then it just gets buried. So apparently I need to keep reminding myself of it all the time so I can have it memorized again. It's easy to memorize a verse here and there. It's a lot harder to memorize entire passages and chapters and so forth. You know, except Psalm 117. I mean, that doesn't take too long to memorize. Like, I memorized an entire chapter of the Bible. Um, you know, uh, when I when I think of praising God, this is the one of the first things that always comes to mind uh, as far as a, a scripture 
to go with that. Uh, because that's really what this is all about. In fact, you know, that's what the book of Psalms is. You know, it's these songs and praises. I think, I think that's even where this word Psalms comes from, if I recall. Bear with me, I did not spend much time studying yesterday. Yes, it comes from the Greek word, which means pious songs. So, it doesn't get much better than that. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, the thing is, is uh, I was talking with somebody about uh, about joy the other day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, joy is a really interesting thing because joy is different than happiness. Right. You know, uh, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, the... Um, you know, the kids and I, you know, we, we all really liked that movie Inside Out. But it's funny because this this character in there is joy. But she's really not so much joy as she is happiness. Because she's happy about how things are going and she, you know, keeps a, a good stiff upper lip until everything kind of falls apart. And then she's not so happy anymore. And, uh, uh, and you know what, the, it's easy to get enthusiastic and uh, and be happy when things are going smooth, when things are going well and everything looks grand. Then uh, you know it's easier to get excited and praise God. And uh, I was listening to this song this week um, where she says, um, uh, "Before I lift my needs, I'll lift my hands." something to that effect. And I thought, wow, that's really great. And then the whole song is about putting God first. But I thought, wow, putting that praising God first before the I need something from you is a, is a really precious thing because it's always grand when somebody only calls you when they need something. And I don't mind that so much. Uh, you know, I've been that person who only calls people if I need something. So I remember one time... Uh, uh, Somebody told me they were talking to Ron in his office, and the phone rang, and Ron looks over at the caller ID, and it has my name on it, and I never call him. And so he kind of sat there for a while thinking about it. They graciously offered to, you know, for him to take the call, and he's like, ah, I'll call him back. And little did they know, on the other end of the line, no! you know, my, my life was falling into despair and, and doom and destruction. That's usually the only time I call him. But... Um, you know, but the great thing is, is uh, you know, God doesn't mind that. When you call, he, he tells you call on me when you need something. And so, you know, he's he's not a, you know, not one to uh, be like, oh, sure, now you need something, so you came by. I see. Uh, but I can tell you, it does his heart a lot of good when you come by to talk to him and you don't really need something. That's a that's a grand thing because. Uh, yeah, that's always precious. And uh um, you know, living living across the street from your best friends can be really great and you know, they just kind of show up on your doorstep and it's a nice surprise. Or it can make you feel really awkward that they showed up without asking first or calling you or anything. They just kind of showed up on your doorstep. Just kidding. Private joke, sorry. Um anyway, but but praising God is a precious thing. 
because, you know, who doesn't like it when somebody has something nice to say about you? You know, that's always, you know, you, you could be, you overhear somebody saying something about you. You hear your name and all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're kind of, you know, you're trying to stay in the conversation, but you're you're thinking, I'd like to you know, hear what they have to say. You know, God really likes to hear what you have to say when, when you know, to tell him how, how precious he is. You know, I mean, when you have kids and, you know, they just cling to your leg and, and they're just happy to see you, you know, it's it's like that. You know, and we always think of this, you know, that, well, surely that would be too familiar or too shallow to, to approach God like that. But but it wouldn't. He's your father, right? And that's, and that's how he, he said to pray. I mean, obviously, I'm not saying that we should be irreverent with him, but, but to show him that kind of love is a really precious thing. You know, the... Um, you know, this morning Zoe came downstairs and just crawled up in my lap and and just hugged on me and was making these little noises that little girls make when they snuggle their dad, and uh, and it was really precious, you know. And and I know that I know that God loves that when when you feel that way about Him and and you talk to Him like that and just just show up, you know. There's been lots of times where I I drove places with my kids and kind of have that special. Like, I get to ride with Dad somewhere thing, and we don't really talk. We're just driving down the road together, and, and that's okay. You know, I, I'm one of those people who likes to fill up the silence with talking, but, uh, you know, if I don't have anything to say, I just don't, typically. And, and uh, But there's just something precious about just being together. You know, and, and, and life with God is like that, and it's no substitute for getting alone with him in the prayer closet, but but just knowing that he's with me everywhere I go mm-hmm. is is a really precious thing, and having that sense of he he's he can always hear what I have to say. He can hear what I'm thinking, and he would love to hear from me. So he says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all you lands. There's that word joy again. Sticky word sometimes, joy, because uh, you know I started to talk about that a minute ago about the, the difference between joy and, and happiness because joy is something that transcends circumstances. Yeah. And joy has the sense of contentedness to it that is uh, that has is independent from how things are going around you. Happiness is usually pretty much tied in with how things are going right now. And uh you know, when things are going well for me, I am happy. You know, I I get that that email with the signed contract from some customer that didn't sign it right then. And I'm like, yes, I'm I'm happy. You know, uh, joy is another thing altogether. Uh, joy is something that I think we have to cultivate and practice uh, because when I have those days when I I hate my job and I wish I were anywhere else, being contented with knowing that 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 my life is okay and that today is just today. Uh, that's what joy is about. And it doesn't feel like happiness. It's not the same thing. Um, so I hope I'm explaining that clearly. That's a really fuzzy concept to try to, to explain, I think. So he says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all you lands. So, so would you have to be happy to make a joyful noise or no? Not really. 
Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. That's a great thing. Serving Him with gladness. You know, uh, I was listening to a sermon recently where Ron talked about if you think that you know serving God is all drudgery and and you know you're going to have to you know make all these terrible sacrifices that you'll regret and all this stuff. He's like, then you don't know Him and you have no idea because He's the best boss there ever was. And uh, for me, that's really saying something because I really like my boss. So, <laughs> And I like me too. Um, but <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Thank you. You know, it's, it's no wonder nobody knows who to talk to at our company because Mike and I are always saying, telling everybody that the other guy is the boss. So it's no wonder they're always confused. So uh, serving with gladness, though, is a precious thing. You know, it's like, wow, uh, just getting to do this for you is thanks enough, is, is payment enough, just to, to know that I get to do this. Um, this may be a bad example, but uh, years and years ago, when Mike and I first started our business, we were spraying a lot of uh, lacquer, which will make you very high if you don't have uh, the proper uh, respirators and stuff. And it was hot, and uh, I think my filters had gone bad. We had so we were just spraying with the windows open, and uh, it was late. We've been spraying all day. I was getting a bit on the loopy side. And I looked at Mike and I said, you know, just think, man, we get all this in heaven too. <laughs> and I was as serious as could be. I mean, I just thought, like, this is the best thing that ever happened to me. You know, being like 90 miles from home at 6 o'clock at night, still working, you know. And, you know, this is fantastic. <laughs> and, you know, and it's funny because I, I was really thinking that, honestly. And, and Mike just kind of looked at me like, actually, I was thinking life will get a lot better when we get in the van and go home. But, uh, you know, but I was just, I was glad to be there. You know, the, the, the satisfaction of, you know, it's like, you know, hey, I'm thinking I have like an hour drive home with my best buddies. Like, well, how much better could life get? So, you know, so gladness then. It's like, I, I, you know, I would just show up for free. Because I'm glad you you would let me do this, serving God with gladness and coming before His presence with singing. You know, it's, it's not so easy to sing when you don't feel happy. You know, and the Bible says that uh, you know talks about not singing songs, you know, to somebody that's with a sorrowful heart, and you know that it's like it's like vinegar. You know, and vinegar is something you got to kind of be in the mood for, and you got to have just the right amount of it and just the right stuff with it, and and all that. Um, you know, uh, Cynthia and I lost a baby in between Jeremy and Levi, and it was really hard for a little while. But it wasn't so bad because it was it kind of we found out one week and the next week baby was gone. And uh, um, you know, and and uh, some people wanted to spend some time with us, and, which I really appreciated. Uh, and they talked about going to see this movie, and I thought I don't think I could go see a funny movie right now. Dinner? Yeah, I could do dinner. But, you know, there's something about, you know, a sorrowful heart that, um, you know, that, that God is, is very tender with that. Uh, but uh, but there's something about singing to him 
when you really don't feel happy. You know, that that's that's what joy is about. Because it doesn't matter how I feel right now. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna sing to him. You know, um, I was reading about David when he he did the census, and and then the the angel of the Lord comes down and is destroying the people of God. And he comes to this guy, you know the story, to uh, uh, he's going to sacrifice uh, to the Lord, and uh, he comes to um, this guy. And if you read it in Kings and you read it in Chronicles, the guy's name is different. Uh, in uh, but in Kings, uh, his name means uh, oh man, I just looked it up. Uh, something to the effect of shouting with joy, and uh, it's like uh, Aruna or something like that. But this is the guy that offered. It says that he, as a king, offered David his things and his threshing floor and the, and all the stuff to do the sacrifice. And David said, "I'm not going to sacrifice something that doesn't cost me." You know, but I thought that was interesting that this guy's name meant shouting for joy, and uh, and so you know, did, was David happy at this moment of doing the sacrifice? No, he's not, not at all happy. Uh, but did he do it? Sure. And and did it accomplish what he was hoping it would? Yeah, it did. So that's a precious thing. Uh, you know, another great story that comes to mind uh, is um, you know Jehoshaphat and uh, and the king of Israel they go out uh, gets in this league with this godless king and you know the story they dig the ditches and the enemy comes on them and they think that that they've all killed themselves and everything um, it's interesting because in Chronicles it just kind of glosses over all that and it just tells you about they went into the battle together, and the king of Israel was killed. And then the next chapter starts out saying, "But Jehoshaphat went home in peace." And and then the enemy comes against him, uh, Ammon and Moab and Syria. They're all coming after him together. And so uh, it says that he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed the fast. And and uh, and so this uh, and it's interesting because this prophet comes to him and rebukes him for having gone out with. Uh, the king of Israel, and uh, um, like, no, you you went and went into league with this wicked guy, you know. And so you would think after an experience like that, you uh, you know better in your mind, but you have this, you're going to have the sense of, well, God, God may not come through for me on this because I did just kind of drop the ball over here pretty bad, and kind of made myself look like a dummy. Uh, but you know the great thing is, is that's what a savior is. Is he he rescues you in spite of all that stuff? Because you know we all know he didn't uh, he didn't complain at Peter when he was sinking in the water. He just rescued him and uh, and then chided him for his uh, his lack of belief. But um, you know, so they seek God about this this enemy coming up and. Uh, this prophet comes to him and says, well, here's what God says. You're not even going to have to fight these guys. It's like, I'm going to fight these guys. Actually, let's just go over there. That's in Second Chronicles 20. One of those stories that you know, but sometimes it's better to just go read it. 
Don Francisco wrote a great song about this. He's never heard it. It's a lot of fun. Um, and I'll just read down through here real fast, starting in verse 1. It came to pass uh, after this. Well, hang on just a moment. Yeah. I think that's where I wanted to go. Isn't it? Yep. It came to pass after this. The children of Moab and the children of Ammon and them and other besides the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. And there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There comes a great multitude against thee from the sea on this side of Syria. And behold, they be in Hazazon Tamar, which is in En And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed to fast throughout Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came out to seek the Lord. Sounds like now, doesn't it? And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thine hand is there not power and might, so that there is none able to withstand thee? And art not thou our God, who didst drive the inhabitants out of the land before thy people Israel, and gave it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? And they dwelt therein, and built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If when evil comes on us, as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house, and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and we cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. So, so he goes back and he's like, hey, you know, this, this, uh, you know, the enemy is coming up against your inheritance. This is the land that you gave to your friend Abraham, uh, whom I would like to remind you, uh, we are his descendants. So, uh, just in case you were, you had forgotten. And this is also, they've come up against the place where, uh, where Solomon has built your temple, and uh, and you 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 know Solomon prayed that you would uh, uh, that you would hear when we looked to this place and prayed and you said that you would. So clever guy, this Jehoshaphat. You know because uh, we all uh, make a good case when we really need something, don't we? <laughs> you know, because we always have these great ideas of why this why this is going to work for me, you know and. Uh, you know, Jeremy's really good at that. When he, when he really wants something, he's really good at explaining it in a way that, now this is why this is good for you. And then he works his little eyebrows a little bit, you know, and it's like, man, that kid, I need to take him with me on sales calls or something, but, I mean, this guy, you know, but, but we do that, don't we? Like, you know, God, this would really be a great idea because X, Y, and Z. Um, so, so he says in verse 10, And now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou... And that's interesting, because earlier it just said others besides Ammon. And now, and now he says it's uh, Mount Seir, which is, of course, uh, uh, Edom. So, so this would be their cousins then, wouldn't it? And he says uh, Mo, Ammon and Moab and Seir and Edom, all three of these guys, they're all related to Israel. And uh, uh, and so uh, he says, now, who you wouldn't let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. So he's like, you know, we, we wanted to pass through their land. We asked them nicely, told them we'd stay on the road. We'll buy the stuff we need. And, and nobody would let us through. 
He said, Behold, I say, how they reward us and come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given to us to inherit. O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that comes against us, and neither know what we are to do, but our eyes are upon thee. Boy, all the kings of Israel and Judah could have taken a really great page out of that book. Like, we don't, it's like, what are we supposed to do against all these guys? You know, bluster and bravado doesn't really get you very far, you know, but to, to really rely on him and just to come to him and be like, you know what, I I got nothing. And uh, and so it's a grand thing because God puts us in those places in our life, you know, they, he, he teaches you that, you know what, you can do this. You know, rubs your shoulders and sends you out there with the mouth guard in and off you go. But then he he also knows how to put you in these places where you just it's like you know what God I I've, I've done everything I could do and now there's nothing left that I could do and and that's a great place to be it's so uncomfortable but when you're out of options uh, then that's when he really has room to do something and uh, and he proves to you over and over and over again that you can trust him when you get to that point. Because it does, it always, every time it feels just like this time it's not going to work. <laughs> like I know it worked the 99 times before, but this time it's not going to work. You know, and and that's the great thing about uh, you know we've been reading Psalm 22 around here a lot lately. It seems like, and and that's exactly what Jesus did. It's like, you know, I feel like all of a sudden I am forgotten and alone here, but you never forsook anybody else. Like you came through for Moses, you came through for Samuel. Like I, I know you're going to come through for me. And again, I think that's a great deal of how we cultivate joy is focusing on those things that God does. Because happiness is a wonderful thing, and who don't like to be happy? Uh, but uh, but having joy, um, regardless of circumstances, will serve you way better in life. So he says, um, O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that comes against us, neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. And all of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. And then Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jehiel, the son of Mataniah, the Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, Hearken ye, all Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou, King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord to you, Be not afraid, nor dismayed by the reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. So tomorrow go ye down against them, and behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel, and you, not, you shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves... Stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed, for tomorrow go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. Jehoshaphat bowed his head, his face to the ground, and all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Like, that's good news. Uh, But wouldn't you still have this voice in the back of your mind thinking, so just go down there and kind of stare at them? How, how, how's that going to work when they start shooting arrows at us and 
come charging up the hill. But those are those things that we throw out, right? Because uh, um, one of the, the great things that God does in our life is He teaches us to trust what He says in spite of what we see. You know, and, and those thoughts of this isn't going to work, this probably you know, this could be really bad, uh, all that stuff, those are the things that we get rid of because is God gonna put you in some spot that's gonna be terrible? Is he gonna put you in some place that's gonna turn out bad? No. So so then those are the kinds of things that we throw out. Like so, you know, you have some guy like, well, I don't know. I mean, this is why they didn't talk going around Jericho, right? It's like, I don't think this is going to work. We're just kind of going to walk around the wall, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> and the Levites, of the children of the Kohathites, and the children of the Korites, stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And so that would be a great thing to do. Uh at a moment where God has given you a word like that. Because there's a moment where you're going to be happy, right? Like, that, that's going to work really great. Now, now tomorrow is where the joy comes in because tomorrow you're actually going to go down there and, and you're going to have to trust that what God said is going to happen is what's going to happen. But uh, I like this because, uh, because these guys... He keeps talking about these Levites, the sons of Asaph and the Kohathites and the Korhites, stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. I mean, this, these are the guys that you keep hearing about throughout the Psalms, like a Psalm of Asaph, a Psalm for the sons of these guys and all this stuff. I mean, like that, that's the tribe you want to be in because that's where all the musicians are, right? Well, like, you know, the... Catholic Church must have, you know, been jealous. It's like, you know, because they wouldn't, they wouldn't let their priests get married. It's like, man, chicks dig musicians, right? So, just kidding. If you're not a musician, it's okay. No, actually, it's really great being a musician, though, because it's really fun to be able to just beat on something and make a lot of noise when you get excited. It's really fun. Um, so they stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood up and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, and so shall you prosper. So he reminds everybody, Okay, you know what God said. Now stand on it. Now believe it. Don't Don't... Don't let all the the doubts come in because they're going to. They're, they're going to come knocking at your door, but you just simply don't let them in. You're going to hear the you're going to hear that thought go through your mind. This isn't going to work. And and then immediately the adversary is going to come to you and say, Aha, see now you're doubting this isn't going to work because you're not believing God, so now it isn't going to happen. It's like, well, I heard you say it's not going to work. And and uh, and you you do a really great me impression, but uh, but I'm I'm I don't accept that. That that's not my thought. My thought is is I trust God. I believe what God told me, and I'm going to stand on it because He has given me no reason to doubt that He would come through for me. 
So he says, they rose early in the morning, they went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. So that's kind of would be kind of an intimidating army, right? Like, are are they singing? Like, you know, and they're not singing the battle hymn of the republic, you know. But I mean, although maybe I don't know, good song. But they're you know, praising God, praising the beauty of holiness, and and talking about the things that God is and the things that God is in His people. And I like it that He. That he appoints these singers to go out first. It's like, yeah, yeah, we are going to go down there and just stand there like God said. But we're going to be praising God while we do it. Because if you want to really crush somebody's hopes, you have to really raise them up really high first. So so you know these guys are thinking, they they sent the musicians down first. To, you know, what are they going to sing me to death? You know, and then... Uh, uh, which, you know, I don't know, something about that makes the victory all that much sweeter. But he says, <laughs> says, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, and they that were come out against Judah, and they were smitten. I like that. The Lord set ambushments. He didn't, you know, he didn't uh, have, you know, the... The Mossad out there, you know, coming around from the backside to take these guys out. He just, God just did it. And he says, For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they made an end to the inhabitants of Seir, then everyone helped to destroy another. It's like, it doesn't get much better than that, right? It's like, everybody likes it when, they're, uh, when their enemies fight each other. You know, when I was in junior high, uh, <laughs> yes, yes, I know. All I had to say, right? No, um, they they threw all the all the seventh and eighth graders into gym class together, you know, and they were rather unbalanced. There were two seventh graders in my gym class, me and this guy that vaguely resembled a brick wall, and uh, that was super popular, really nice kid, and uh, and they put all these lewd fellows of the baser sort from eighth grade in my gym class, right? And, and uh, you know, dished out cruelty on me as only junior high boys can do when you throw 20 naked boys in a room together. And, uh, you know, one day in uh, out in the gym, this, this guy was giving me a hard time about something. And this other kid that didn't particularly like me either, but he really just wanted to fight that guy, handed me his glasses and totally jumped on this guy's back and and they they had a fight and I was like thanks man <laughs> like like I I knew he didn't care about me I knew he wasn't standing up to defend me I knew he just wanted to throw down with this guy but I was like hey have at it man that's great so I love that they began to praise, they began to sing and praise, and the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, which were come up against Judah, and they were smitten. 
And the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked to the multitude, and behold, they were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none escaped. And when Joshpat and his people came away, came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them an abundance both of riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days in gathering the spoil. It was so much. And on the fourth day they assembled themselves in the valley of Barakah. For there they blessed the Lord. Therefore the name of that same place is called the valley of Barakah to this day. Which of course means blessing. And they returned every man to Judah and Jerusalem, and Jehoshaphat in the forefront of them to go again to Jerusalem with joy, for the Lord had made them to rejoice over their enemies. And they came to Jerusalem with psalteries and harps and trumpets unto the house of the Lord. And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries. And when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel, and so the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest round about. So obviously you would praise at that point, right? There's that happy praise again. The enthusiasm of, did you see that? That was awesome. But what I like is that they also started out with, I'm going to praise God before we get there. Because there's nothing quite like praising. I heard this song once, uh, I'm going to thank you in advance. And I was like, yes, I like that, you know. I, uh, I used to work with this lady in high school. She would always ask me to do things, and she would say, please and thank you, do this. So it's like I, she didn't have to bother to thank me later. Like, I'll just thank you now because I know you're good for it. And uh, quite honestly, got on my nerves. But, um, <laughs> but then again, I was a high school kid. She was a, an older woman, and she was had every right to tell me what to do at work. So... Why wouldn't I do what she told me to do? Besides the fact that I was 16. Um, but anyway, if you're 16, I apologize. Um, so, thanking God in advance. Like, I'm going to go down there and, and I'm going to sing. I'm going to praise God where while I'm standing in front of all these people who are just itching to come up here and kill us. And... uh and then they can't do anything to them. They they end up destroying each other. It's an awesome thing. I'm going to wrap up Psalm 100 over here. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It's He that made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. So is he, does He have an interest in things turning out all right for you? Does, you know, because after all, who who do you belong to? Him, exactly. And uh, he's uh, rather careful with his stuff. It's a precious thing. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. You know, I like this because it's like he's giving you this little quick primer on this is how you do a song service. <laughs> You know, like you, you know, because um, because the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. Right. So you start talking great things to him about how wonderful he is. Uh, he'd really like to come hear some more of that. 
and and so he says to come into it to come before his presence with singing. So that seems like a little tip worthy of underlining, doesn't it? Coming before his presence with singing. I mean, how many times have you felt really crummy and decided you were going to sing a song, and and before you knew it, you were going down the road going 90 and thought, I probably better slow down before somebody pulls me over. But you got excited because you were singing and the presence of God showed up. Or or you, you felt like uh, like you were just sliding into a pit and you decided, I really, the last thing I feel like doing is singing, but I'm going to sing the song. And, and, uh, and all of a sudden your feet find purchase as you're sliding down the side of this pit and, and suddenly you're on your way back out. And, and that's that's what that's what praising God does. So entering into his, enter into His gates with thanksgiving. It's almost like a password, isn't it? Like, what's password? <laughs> and uh, and enter into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name, because how else could you feel about Him? But, but thankful, but grateful. For the Lord is good, and His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endures to all generations. So praising God is a really precious thing. And uh, I was thinking about, you know, about where, where things are at in our nation right now, and, and, and where things, it's not a bad place for the church. Uh, I was talking to my boys about that yesterday, and uh um, and I was telling him, it's like, you know, you guys, pretty small little guys, but uh, the darker it gets, the the more plainly you can see the tiniest little flashlight. Like one of those little keychain lights, not even the good LED ones, one of those little tiny wimpy ones. You can see it when it gets dark. And and so that's, that's who we are. And... And it was such an encouragement. These uh, these two little old guys came by my house yesterday. These uh, from this, they're an independent Baptist church in Ottawa. They're not attached to the denomination as a whole. They just call themselves Baptist. They must be like those people down in Florida that they just you know it's like well if I put the name on there, people will just wander in and find out maybe this isn't so Baptist. But uh, they've been by my house before, and I, I came out and I talked to them a little bit and and. Uh, um, and it was really great because it just, you know, I I just unloaded on them with all this awesome stuff that God uh, that God does. And usually people like will just kind of get uncomfortable and walk away. They were like, "Yeah, your church sounds like our church." And uh, I was like, "Yes," you know. And uh, um, and I told them I really appreciated what they were doing. I was like, "There's not a lot of people out there trying to win the lost. Everybody's just trying to win people from one church to their church." And, uh, uh, you know, it's like you can't grow a church if you don't talk to people about their about them needing God. It's like my boys fired me because I told them no, then it wouldn't really be a very good system. But the preacher's job is to comfort the uh, afflicted and afflict the comfortable. And, and, uh, and they're like, yeah, yeah, I like that, you know. So... so I think it's a really precious thing because you don't often run into people that could... 
that would listen to all that and agree with you. And you, and I mean, you know, and people could smile at you and say, yeah, yeah, and you know that they are not on the same page. Uh, but these guys were just so precious. And this guy had told me that he'd been, uh, he'd been going door to door like that, talking to people about Jesus for 40 years. And, uh, and he's like, I just love people. And, uh, he's just, you know, he's really engaging with the boys. Called them George and Elmer. <laughs> Remembered which one was which, even. Yeah. He, you know, did, you know, like, pulled a little handkerchief out of one of their shoulders somehow, magically. He was a great yellow guy. But, you know, I just thought, wow. You know, I told him, I really appreciate what you guys are doing. This town really needs this. And, uh, like, you know, my kids go to the school over there, and, like, you hear about the, the homes that those kids come from. And it's like, I, I'm really glad you're out there talking to people about the Lord. So. so it's a great thing because it's easy to feel like everything is going to hell in a handbasket and everything is a disaster. But, you know, it's like I said last week, you know, here's, here's my thoughts on the elections. Like the government will be upon his shoulders. And in the increase of his government, there will be no end. So it's like things can turn really not good on the outside. You know, and your outward man can perish, but your inner man can be renewed day by day. And that, and that, that presence of God and that, that sense of well-being that comes from knowing He's in charge. And there's something about uh, praising Him in a way that is that just transcends all the stuff. Because it's easy to praise when you're happy, not so much when you're cultivating joy. But it, it will serve you well. And, and man, God loves that. Because then there's that sense sacrifice of praise and and when you give somebody something and you you know that it was costly for them to give it to you then it's precious to you it means something to you and and so uh it, it it's really precious to the lord when you give him something and and he knows that it costs you something so jesus we thank you for your goodness to us and god thanks seems like such an inadequate word uh, to to say anything to you about what you've done for us, God, about your love and your keeping power that you would pursue us and rescue us. God, when we were yet sinners, you died for us. And then uh, you didn't just stop by putting it out there for us to find. God, you found us and showed us and told us, this is what I've done for you. And and invited us to, to partake of it and accept it and, and, and to, to be a part of your family. God, God, what orphan would, would turn the rich guy down that, that picked him out at the orphanage to take him home? God, no one. Lord God, and, uh, and you have showered us with such love and such goodness, Lord God, and, and adopted us and brought us into your family. How could we be anything but uh, overwhelmingly grateful? And God, we just praise you today. We glorify your name for all that you've done. God, every one of us has those things that we could point to in our life that you have done. God, from something that happened this morning to something that happened 20 years ago, God, we all have those things in our lives. And, and God, every one of those things is a praise to You and, and just one more reason that You are worthy. I would glorify and we just pray that You do exactly what You want to do in this place. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.